from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another Red Friday edition of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest. He is Ryan Tracy from RGR Football. We have a lot to talk about this today. We are getting ready for this Denver Broncos game on Sunday, and it is going to be a big game for Kansas City. They need to win out to give themselves a chance to get the number one seed in the play, or sorry, the number two seed in the playoffs. Uh, that is more likely than the number one seed at this point. Yeah, and that's something to strive for. Honestly, a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't sure that they'd be in that position. So um, as far as what's the most important thing today, it is that they still have an outside chance of that, and they have to hold court, and they got to hope a couple other things happen for that. Uh, and first and foremost, you got to make sure that you're covering all of your bases. Um, and one thing that wasn't covered today is that there were a number of guys still not practicing. One of them is Frank Clark. Um, and that's a little bit concerning after having ha- had such a rough week last week and then playing. And I know he didn't feel well after he played, but uh, you would have hoped that he would have gotten through that by now. The fact that he's back out has me a touch worried. Yeah, honestly, and we kind of talked about this before we started the show. I really wouldn't mind if he doesn't play this week. Uh, I think you look at his scenario and he is seeing a specialist to try to figure out what is going on with his stomach. And if they can't get it figured out uh, and it's something that he can he can get back from this week, I'm fine with that. They should sit him. They should get him healthy uh, because they're definitely going to need him in January. He has been playing very, very well uh, lately and really making him his self known himself known, sorry, in both the passing game and the running game when it comes to defense. So uh, I I think they need him for the stretch run. I I absolutely agree with you. They need him for the stretch run. I'm a little worried that they might need him for this game a little bit, just in case. I'd rather see him dress and not play than not be there at all, though. Um, And maybe that doesn't actually help much if you're trying to truly rest him, but be interested to see where they go and if we get him back on the, the practice field at all this week. Well, I can't imagine he's going to practice on Friday. Uh, he was out seeing a specialist Wednesday and Thursday, so my guess is he's probably going to be out on Friday. Uh, but last week he didn't practice. Really, I mean, the limited practice on Wednesday really doesn't count um, in my mind uh, because he was limited because of shoulder and in the in this you know stomach bug. So we'll see how that shakes out. But really, at this point, I think that they need to figure he's not playing, and I think they can win this game. Uh, and I think they should be able to win this game rather easily without him just because they are a better team than the Broncos are. And I do think Spagnuolo is going to have some good looks for Locke on Sunday. Yeah, I think so, too. And Spagnuolo did say in his presser that um, he does like what the kid's doing. He's impressed with where he's come from. But that's a long way from saying that you're intimidated by him because um, no matter what's gone on, you haven't seen this defense or what it's going to do yet. You can watch film and until you're under fire. I think that's a little bit different. It absolutely is. And they'll have to figure that out, what they're going to do specifically to go after Drew Locke. One of the things that BJ Kissel has been tweeting out is that he hasn't, uh, in a, he, as far as him playing this year, he has not been in a game where he has been behind at all yet. I can't imagine that's not going to change at Arrowhead on Sunday. I have to or agree in the you. game, especially after what we saw last time in Denver. Uh, I mean, I was there for that game in person. It was not as close as it appeared. So that's a very good point, but. If there is a chance, it would require Locke, you know, throwing uh, to get back into it. We've seen some uh, surge out of Cortland Sutton. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But two guys that he won't have to face, it seems, are Mo Claiborne and Rashad Fenton, both of whom missed practice again. Um, That's still leaving you with a really thin cornerback group. 
It is, but the nice thing is, is you're going up against the Broncos offense that doesn't have that many weapons on the outside. They have Cortland Sutton, and yes, you have to take care of him, and you have to figure out how to stop him. And they have Noah Fant, but that's not going to be guys that you're really going to need your your corners for. Uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, obviously you are, but you know they don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore, so that's going to help Kansas City in, in that regard. And I think that Kansas City has been showing a lot of presses and different looks on the back end of the defense that I think are going to confuse Drew Locke and they're going to use that to their advantage on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. And I think that they absolutely should. You got to, you got to press the advantage when you have it. Um, we're looking for a lot of different matchups, folks. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to start looking at those. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can improve your performance and have that extra confidence. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. With no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. You'll get your shipment free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you found 100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. So before we get into the matchups, I, I wanted to jump to this real quick because um, it's kind of a, a, a standpoint for the AFC West. Looks like the last game in Oakland is going to be played this weekend, barring some craziness. Uh, with the Raiders moving to Vegas uh, eventually uh, next season, uh, it's kind of an end of an error that we're here to see. Definitely is, and you have to, you know, think that it's going to be good for the NFL eventually to be in uh, Las Vegas. It's a great, it's a big market. At least I, I will say, uh, it's a very lavish market. So we'll see how that ends up turning out for Oakland's, uh, or I guess it will be Las Vegas starting next year. So. Really intriguing to see how that shakes out for them. The question I'm going to have going into this game is how's Oakland going to react to this? Because honestly, Oakland, the city, I mean, honestly, at this point, they're losing their franchise and they are not probably going to be getting another one anytime soon. The only possible option I could possibly see, and this has been talked about or thought about at least a couple of times by different people is that the Chargers end up going to Oakland instead of going to Los Angeles. But I can't imagine that's really going to happen. 
No, that just seems strange to me. I, uh, it'd be difficult to get. I already have a terrible time with Los Angeles. How am I going to say Oakland Chargers? That's just wrong. No, I agree with you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to say. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying that if you look at the Los Angeles situation, the Chargers already seem like the forgotten team there. And that is definitely not what you want to be doing and what you want to be moving into going into this next season for the Chargers. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I'm not going to cry for them either. So that's it, <laughs> folks. Just wanted to remind you all of that. When we start looking at this this game and this matchup, you know, when we, we saw them earlier in the year, um, the, the first time that the Chiefs defense really got it all together, um, stopping what was a formidable run attack with Lindsey and Freeman at the time, haven't seen them really fall off in terms of um, their effectiveness per rush. Uh, they're down a little bit, but not dramatically. It's that the pass game for the Broncos has actually turned into something that exists rather than just a, a myth. So it's about pass rush. It's about containing uh, one big receiver uh, and one tight end that can sneakily hurt you. But where's your emphasis? Well, I think it has to be on stopping Cortland Sutton. I think that when you look at Kansas City and you look at the team that they have, if they can find a way to get Patrick Mahomes back on track, and that was one thing that he's talked about this week is getting back on track to where he was earlier in the year, getting to the point where he is not uh, maybe drifting in the pocket because he specifically stated that he's feeling like he's drifting uh, late in the season again, kind of like he was when he was the MVP last year. Uh, and, and he says that he's had that issue going all the way back to high school. That, so that's something he's going to have to focus on. But if they can get him going and they can get him going early in this game, he showed that he could put up points against the Denver Broncos. And, you know, he's had seven touchdowns in his career against Denver and he's played what three games, uh, three and a half games, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first game, he didn't throw a touchdown. So at that point, you know, you're, you're looking at basically two and a half games where he has seven touchdowns. So, he can score points against this team, and I think that's really going to help Kansas City. If they can get out to a large lead, uh, then you don't have to worry about Lindsey as much. And if they want to run, they can run, but it's not going to be something that they're going to be able to do a lot of because time of possession is going to hurt them. And, and then you don't want to be taking you know all the time off the clock running the ball all the time. Yeah, I do expect Kansas City to jump out to a lead. I, I do as well. I don't see how they can't, to tell you the truth. Um, the Denver defense has been um, not as good as it was in years past, but still pretty dang good. And quite frankly, last week against the Houston Texans, both their safeties, Jackson and Simmons, had field days. Uh, they both played very, very well, uh, as did Yadam, a guy that I think that the Chiefs that were successful against last time out and somebody that I think they should target again, really. Uh, and a couple of familiar names were the guys up front that actually helped them in Purcell and Otto Ochu. Yeah. And that's something that you're going to have to look at, you know, defensively, you know, they're going to have Von Miller. They're going to have, they're going to be trying to get pressure from Von Miller, but Von Miller has not really done well in the past against Jeff Schwartz, or I'm sorry, not Jeff Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz. I apologize. Um, so I really have a hard time believing that that's going to be something that's going to change this time around. Uh, so they're going to have to try to get pressure through Eric Fisher. And the second time around, you're going against Eric Fisher, who is a much better tackle than Cam Irving is. So I think they're going to be in a better position there, too. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Um, I think the one place that the Broncos have the advantage is on the far inside of their defensive front. Shelby Harris has played well this season. 
a uh, bit up and down, but for the most part, been been a very productive player. And he gets to go against that interior three, depending on where he lines up. Um, there are a number of matchups in there that he could take advantage of. So I think they have to be very wary of that. But is it going to be the interior three you think it's going to be? Because right now we don't know whether or not Andrew, Andrew Wiley is going to be playing. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. We haven't gotten the designations by the time we're recording this uh, for Friday on Thursday. Uh, They did not say anything before practice, so it sounded like he was going to practice, but whether or not that's limited or not, uh, they may end up sitting him because he can't, he's not ready to go because of injury, or they may sit him because Wisniewski's been playing better. You could go either direction on that. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he's one guy. So you still have two other that's guys true. that haven't been playing very well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, that's a problem because I think that they have to do a little bit more concerted effort to get the run game going a little bit. Um, I think that will help Patrick with his rhythm, like you said, and, and hopefully not let Vaughn and the ends tee off and, and produce plays where Patrick might be apt to drift again. Yeah, and if you could get to a point where you don't have him having to run for his life, that's a better situation, obviously. But it goes beyond just the offensive line. It also goes to who can get uncovered uh, when you're talking about the wide receivers. And, you know, that's a big question mark with Kansas City lately, and, and not necessarily with Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, but with the other guys. McCole Hardman's been open at times, but you're still trying to, I'm still trying to figure out at least where is Sammy Watkins and where's Demarcus Robinson because. If those two don't show up and be more productive, then this offense is going to continue to struggle, even if the offensive line plays better. Yeah, I'm completely with you because I I do expect, for all intents and purposes, for Chris Harris to be glued to Tyreek Hill all day. Um, Not that that will take Tyreek Hill away, but it will limit him. Good luck. Well, yeah, but Chris Harris has had some success against him. Uh, That's true. can't stop him, but I think it will have an effect on just how productive Tyreek can be. So who's going to step up next? Is it Robinson? Can it be Watkins? I don't I don't know where Watkins has been lately in terms of sync with Patrick. I think that's what it comes down to because he still looks like he's athletic enough. He looks like he's playing with an edge after the way that he he played the last game against the Patriots. And maybe that's just the Patriots because everybody's up for that game. But I feel like he's a guy that could take advantage with his size against what is um, a group of defenders, particularly in the secondary in Denver. That, that I think he can get muscled up on. And so I'd like to see him do that. I'd love to have him see, I would love to see him have a big game. If they could do that, that'd be fantastic because, you know, he hasn't really, I don't know that he's gotten in the end zone since the first week. And that's a big problem. Uh, he is getting paid a lot of money and obviously they've tried to get in the ball in the, in the red zone and it hasn't worked out. Uh, but he needs to get back to, I you know I don't I'm not expecting that he's going to have a game like week one every game. I mean, obviously that would be fantastic and that would be great, but you're not going to expect to see that happen. But he does have the ability to beat the secondary. He does have the ability to be a, a big playmaker in this offense. And with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey on the field, there's no reason he shouldn't be a big playmaker in this offense. Yeah, I agree. And you would like to see that actually come to fruition. So I don't know. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Folks, when we get back, we're going to look at the other side of the ball, what the Chiefs can do. We're going to get to our fourth and goal, and then we'll give you our predictions. So on the other side, I think the Chiefs, whether they have Frank Clark or not, and it looks like uh, this afternoon, Tom Pelissaro saying that they're, he's being told that there's a good chance that Clark does actually play. I find that interesting. But regardless, it's got to be the Chris Jones show as far as I'm concerned up front. And I think that despite it, 
putting you in sometimes a, a nifty situation. I think that Spags has to continue to send the pass rush against this this young quarterback that can really sling it. I think his arm talent's undervalued, to tell the truth. And I, I think it's about the pass rush in this game. It definitely could be about the pass rush, and, and the Broncos could be without Ronald Leary, which is going to be one of those interior guys that would be trying to stop Chris Jones. That would be a big loss for them against this Chiefs front. Uh, and, you know, you sh- we still have to wonder, and obviously not necessarily for pass rush, whether or not Xavier Williams is back this week or if he's back next week. Uh, that is going to be something that they're going to have to figure out. And, and when he comes back, that's going to be another element that will help them stop the run. But I think he can do a little bit of pass rush as well, and it gives you more guys on that defensive line that you can uh, believe are going to be successful. Uh, so I think that's going to help them as well. I do agree with you. Drew Locke has a great arm. Uh, the question is going to be, can he make the right reads and get the ball to the people where uh, this, the defense has weaknesses? Because I think the Chiefs, if they're able to surprise Tom Brady and surprise Phillip Rivers like they have the past couple of weeks, I, I think that Drew Locke is going to be in for a couple of different things this weekend. I have to agree. And that brings us to our four goals. My first one is to attack wholeheartedly the right side of the Broncos offensive line. Because like you said, no Ron Leary, not that that's uh, some kind of magic wall because he's been a turnstile as well, but injured Juwan James, a guy named Austin. But he's still doing what they have. Right, right. That's, that's a fair point. Some guy named Austin Schlotman played for them last week. I don't even know him. I haven't, I didn't scout him at all. So that's always a question mark. Um, but a revolving door, Elijah Wilkinson. It, we don't know who's going to be on the right side, but whoever it is, that's the weaker point. You do have uh, Dalton Reisner, who's playing pretty well on the opposite side, and that actually helps Bowles, who's improved a little bit through the season, but still Garrett Bowles. So uh, you can wind up so, line on him. So you, yeah, so you're saying you want to basically put Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the same side on the right side of the defense? Yeah, because I think Alex Okafor can beat Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd put K-Pass out wide on that side and let Jones and Clark do oh, their thing God. on the right. Yeah. You know, and if, and if Clark plays great for him, uh, I just, I, my whole point earlier was I really hope he gets healthy. Um, I hope that this isn't going to be a lingering thing and they need him a hundred percent or as close to a hundred percent as an NFL player could be at this time of year. So that's my big thing on him. When I look at this team and when I look at what you're talking about and in goals, you know, I put this on Twitter and I'll put it in here now and you guys can tweet us what you think. I think the over and under, if you look at what Kansas City did last time against Denver, they had nine sacks. I put the over and under at four and a half this week. And I'm going for the, I really want to go for the over, but I'm going to go under. And I'm going to go under because I think that Drew Locke is a lot more mobile than what Joe Flacco was. And I think that was a big reason that Kansas City got uh, the sacks that they did. Not, I think that Denver's D. Offensive line is bad, but I don't think they're going to give up that many sacks this week. Uh, and I think that Denver's offense is going to be trying to get the ball out quick. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Um, I, I'm I'm still not optimistic that the, it's that big a difference, so I will definitely take the over. I think it's going to be around six. Uh, although I don't know that Reggie's going to have the day that he had against the Broncos last time. I do feel that he's going to be in good position. Um <laughs> And I'd love to be wrong. Right. And I think Reggie's been actually helping the pass rush uh, on the interior a little bit, too. If they do decide to really like throw the kid for some loops, um, they have guys that can stand up in between the tackles and then let the edge guys do their thing. I expect this to be um, not a route, but I expect the Chiefs to get after that Bronco offense pretty well. 
Now, if you switch it over to the offensive side of the ball, my goal is to have Patrick Mahomes have three touchdown passes this week. I want to see him get back on track. I want to see him get to a point where he feels comfortable with multiple different receivers, not just Tyree Kill, not just Travis Kelsey. Uh, I would like to see them get Hardman more involved, but if they don't, I'm okay with it. Uh, as long as you were getting guys like Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson involved, uh, and even maybe Byron Pringle at times. Uh, I'm not saying that Pringle needs to get the ball, you know, four or five times in the game, but he's good enough to get two or three catches and have them be pretty decent catches for you. And if they can get Watkins going and they can get Robinson going, you know, three or four or five catches, you're in a good position at that point. If he can get to a point where he spread out the ball and, you know, hit five, six, seven different receivers throughout the game and probably closer to seven or eight, uh, he's going to be in a great spot and they're going to win this game handily. You know, and and I'd agree with you. I, I would, my uh, goal would be, well, my goal is a little bit different, but I, I would agree with you. I would want Hardman or Watkins to be the leading receiver in this game. I think that's it's a good time for that, and I think it's something that you should probably try to focus on. But my goal for the game overall is that Patrick isn't sacked. Hopefully he's not hit very much, but that they continue to play the, the way that they played last week. If you could beat the Patriots playing a little bit more ball control, then you could certainly beat the Broncos doing it. And I thought that it it helped him late. I don't want them to, to take too many chances with his hand. I want to let them hit some... Um, some rhythm throws, get the ball out of his hand and help him with the run like they did last week. And I think that um, that balance in particular right now um, versus earlier in the year when I wanted them to run more just to, to run more, to, to hurt defenses. Right now, I think it's more to protect Patrick and make sure that these next three weeks don't cost you something, uh, a nagging injury or anything like that going into the postseason. Well, I think Reed can do a lot of that with just scheme and picking the right plays at the right times. If he picks the right types of plays at the right times, he can get Patrick going early in a game, and I think it's really going to help. And if you can do that, if you can script your first 15 plays and get him into situations where he's making you know, shorter throws that have people wide open, uh, he's going to start sticking those, and then you can start going down the field. Uh, I mean, you are going to be able to attack this Denver defense. Uh, it's just going to be a question as to where. Uh, and I expect Travis Kelsey to have a big game as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty unique uh, set of matchups there. And, and you can't get away from Travis and Tyreek. It'll just be uh, who actually makes those big plays because I expect them to be out to a lead pretty well. But that said, um, we are down to really, I think, the stretch run. And I don't expect to see like... I, I'd love to see that Wildcat thing again and do some of the other wrinkles that I showed you guys in the film room this week. But I don't expect that. I, there's no reason to pull that out against the Broncos. So don't get high hopes about anything super strange. I think this is going to be a pretty vanilla game plan. So um, that said, uh, you want to start with the prediction? Sure. Although I will say I actually hope they pull some kind of trick play in this game, mainly because I want them to put it on tape. Um, it's close enough to the playoffs where if they put it on tape now, it's going to be good for them going uh, going to the future. So I think that that would be a good thing for them to do. I think Kansas City wins this game, and I, I think it it could be close. I just The way that their defense is playing right now, I just have a really hard time believing that Drew Locke is going to have success against them. Do you have a score that you think? Yeah, I think that they're going to win... I'd say 35-24. Okay, cool. I, I think it's a similar margin. I don't think that it's going to have to be as high scoring, so I don't, I don't think it gets to that level. I have the Chiefs winning 31-21. Uh, it'll be interesting how and who gets in the end zone for the Broncos. 
Um, my money would be on Sutton, and I think that's a, a matchup. Like I said last week, folks, this young guy is becoming second best in this division to Tyreek Hill, so keep an eye on him. That matchup, uh, Bashad Breeland had a rough start, had a big game in the end last week. He's going to be a prime matchup that has the length and the strength to keep up with Courtney Sutton, uh, and I expect to see that quite a bit, so we'll see how that turns out. We want to know what you think as well. So give us your predictions, either in an iTunes review, and we're, we're pressing in well past 500, pressing on 600 ratings. We'd love it when you guys do that. It really helps us. And we want to know either there or at Twitter, at Locked on Chiefs, what you think this score might be. Who do you think is going to stand out? And who do you think really can take a little bit of a rest, uh, whether that's Frank Clark or somebody else? So we appreciate all you do for us. We're going to keep churning out for you. We have two bonus episodes for you coming this weekend. Make sure you check those out before kickoffs so that you can get all the inside information one of them's eric eager another is nate taylor you guys might know both their names so check those out we appreciate you listening today and we'll talk to you tomorrow ryan tracy is the founder of rogue analytics and the host of rgr football on youtube follow him there chris clark is a senior analyst at chiefsdigest.com where you can get his work rate and review at apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform thank you for listening